Hello, everyone, and welcome to Boost Her, conversations designed to inspire you, me, and her. I'm your host, Nia Mason, and as we continue on through Black History Month, we welcome Sandrine Zuku to the Booster Club, an executive director focused on investing in and the development of African businesses. Sandrine's passion for working in international business is closely tied to her heritage. A Cameroonian native, Sandrine moved to the U.S. at just five years old, yet throughout her life has constantly cultivated ways to stay close to her African culture. Tasked with leading efforts to invest in Africa's infrastructure, Sandrine holds in high regard a commitment to anchoring on health and fitness as she charges towards success in her series of projects dedicated to supporting the development of her home continent. Today's conversation will center around how Sandrine views the shift from investing in the ideas of African-born innovators, finding her way as a Black woman in a space where there aren't many of her, and as we amplify Black History Month, the industry heroes, notably venture capitalist investor Fatoumata Ba, that is trailblazing the exact path Sandrine is navigating. Lastly, we discussed how 2020 helped Sandrine upgrade her priorities as it relates to the non-negotiables within her career and has intensified the pride that she has in both herself and the Black community as a whole. From my understanding, a primary focus within your current role is strengthening African businesses. From a literal lens, what does that look like? I am actually really more so kind of the middleman when it comes to the African deals that happen and the investors who are investing in those deals. So what that looks like from a day to day is me getting phone calls from these people and they may ask for anything from, do you have a connection to a government official in let's say Kenya? But it also looks like at least pre-COVID lunches, just small gatherings of these investors We provide knowledge around various topics or we'll introduce usually a really high level key guest that will participate and that will be a great addition to their network. From a more figurative lens, what does that impact of the work look like? I was always very clear even before I had this role about the impact that I wanted to have. It was about funneling as much money as we possibly can into African-born ideas the more that these ideas can actually at least be tested out from there, the market can then absorb whatever that service or product. So it helps to benefit the surrounding community. But another part of it that I think is really, really key is giving these founders, these local or African founders who are part of the diaspora, giving them a real shot at generational wealth for themselves, because then they have the opportunity, of course, to funnel that money back into their own communities, which in turn continues to help build up these markets. Navigating these male-dominated environments, I know from our previous conversations, is your current environment and also maybe not your most preferred. What have your roles taught you about the environment that you do prefer to work in? You want to know what, actually, from a really fundamental perspective, it has taught me that Anyone can really do anything as long as they just decide they want to do it. There's this phenomenon that's happening in the African investment community where investors are starting to invest more heavily into expat founders, which means essentially non-local 
people, people who have moved from other parts of the world into Africa, predominantly non-Black, and are investing in their ideas over the local Africans. What I see of the people who even get funding, it's not necessarily that their idea is any better, that they're smarter than anyone. It's literally because they decided this is what they were going to do and this is how they were going to move forward with it. And being steadfast in that way is incredibly important. For women, it's very easy oftentimes to get run over, to be spoken over or interrupted. You get to the table, you say whatever you have to say, and oftentimes someone else will repeat the same thing and they get the credit for it. And so understanding that you have to be very, very diligent, it can be easy to get lost in those spaces or to be overlooked. Yeah, there's a level of grit involved, isn't there, that as women, we don't necessarily talk about, but you really do in these spaces have to grit your teeth and kind of just have a thick skin and, and advocate for yourself. Absolutely. It's a must. And it's exactly what all of these men have done for themselves. It's just society supports that type of behavior from men. Right. And so for us, it really is something that we just have to be part of our arsenal when we're wanting to really advance. Are there any positives to working primarily with males? One of my friends and mentors is a woman named Cherie Deans, who I did a panel with her once. And we were talking specifically about this is how do you maneuver in a space that is homogenous and that is male dominated? And what she told the room was essentially when you find yourself in these spaces where you're the one and only, of course, if a place is toxic, you want to be really careful about that. But oftentimes when you're the first or you're the only it's really important that you stay because then you at least have the ability to pull people up behind you. If I don't stay, then who knows who could get my spot next? Is it going to be another woman? Is she going to be black? And is she also going to have the same values and integrity that I do to make sure that there's spots open and that you're leaving behind opportunity for people who aren't privileged? What I've experienced in the investment community in particular, which to me is not only kind of a negative, but it actually is a real threat to the development, not only of the Black community and people of color in general, but all people, is this concept that brilliance only exists within a certain type of person. More often than not, Black women's ideas go off to the wayside and you're telling that person and the people behind them and the society at large that Black women just don't have good ideas, which is insane. It creates this environment where you don't feel like you're enough. You don't feel like your ideas are on par. How do you cope with the egos that come as a result of working with males predominantly? When dealing with ego, There's some things where there just needs to be a hard stop. I'm very, very clear about being able to sleep at night. Ego is going to be a part of any work environment in some way, shape, or form. But if that ego then is manifesting itself into belittling you or others, it's detrimental to the actual business or, you know, the business that you're responsible for. If it's manifesting itself into things that are illegal or, toxic to people in the company. I think that's really where my, my hard stop is. I've also seen it play out where if things start to go wrong, the way ego may play itself out is that people will look to shift the blame on 
the quote unquote lower person or the lower ranking person. Which requires, sadly, this foresight that you really only gain through experience, right? Like you said, it's a matter of picking your battles, but having the foresight to know that if I don't pick this battle, the accountability might get shifted onto me. Or if I don't pick this battle, the environment continues to perpetuate. Or if I walk away from this battle, I know that I've done my best. And that's a skill that as women, I don't think that we get enough credit for picking up on as quickly as we do. But I also don't think that there's enough education on that for us. As a woman, that your battles that you choose are different from a male's battle. Your battles as a black woman are different from a white woman's battle. <laughs> yes. And you're right. You're 100% right. That is the work that doesn't get rewarded. That's the dirty work. Good behavior that doesn't get noticed goes away. And bad behavior that doesn't get noticed gets bigger. Wanting to be a leader and even working your way up in a company, it's important that your good behavior is also supported. Make sure that you're in an environment that's actually supporting and even seeing that good behavior. One of my favorite things about you, and I say one of because there are some, <laughs> it's your confidence. I think what I experienced in the first part of my career was a lot of other people having a lot of confidence in me and me not actually believing them to the point where I had a really good friend of mine ask me, are you humble because you're just humble or are you humble because you don't know your greatness? And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh. I know. I was like, wait a second. I feel attacked, <laughs> first of all. And I really had to reflect because it really is the force that will draw your purpose to you. And I say it like it's something that's easy and it's not. Really, really keep people who are genuinely supportive of you and excited for you for the things that you're doing. And also people who are ready to join you on that path, because when people are starting to give of themselves in order to help an idea of yours come to fruition, that's when you, at least I've really internalized that confidence. Another recurring theme across some of these booster conversations, the importance on recharging from work as a priority, not like a well, if I have time or maybe it's a priority, make time. What are your priorities when it comes to unplugging and recharging? First thing is sleep. Yes. <laughs> First thing is sleep. This whole notion, you know, of hustling and that you have to only sleep three hours a night in order to be effective in your job or in your business or whatever it may be is yeah. crazy. Number one, your health comes first. And just simply because we are human beings with bodies, we need at least a certain amount of rest to make sure that our brain is functioning at its optimal level. And then the last thing for me was really physical fitness. My mental health went to complete crap when I stopped working out because I was so stressed and I was feeling like if I'm spending any time away, God forbid, an hour of my day away from work, that it was going to be the end of the world and detrimental. If you die tomorrow, they will find someone to replace you and they'll have them working next week. It's really, really important that you take care of your body first and foremost in all the facets of fitness, your mental fitness. If you really want to even elevate an additional level, I think identifying a counselor, mental health is super important. And I think it's really, really important to listen to your body. And if you can't listen to your body, 
there are plenty of apps. I think people feel that there's a stigma around needing help looking after yourself. Nothing wrong with it. I love that we're having this conversation where breaks are a priority. One thing 2020 has taught me as a Black woman is that there are certain things, and you touched on it a little bit, there are certain things that I may have previously tolerated that I refuse to tolerate now. What level of importance do you put on your personal morals aligning with the ideals of who you work with or who you work for? Every industry really had a reckoning this year because all these companies for so long have really been able just to skirt by as almost these spaces that were supposed to be neutral in society. But in fact, corporations, organizations, businesses are really what drive and further whatever a society believes. I fundamentally do not want to be part of an organization that does not have the integrity that isn't actually moving us as an entire society forward. And what am I contributing to? I'm contributing to the status quo and that world doesn't feel so great. So yeah, it is a non-negotiable for me. Absolutely. You knew this question was coming, so try not to roll your eyes. But with all of the amazing things that you want to accomplish, how does a relationship fit into all of this? There's two things that I believe. I believe and have seen for myself that being in a relationship with a true life partner and someone that genuinely cares about you can only amplify your life. In that same vein... What I have decided is I want to strive to be a whole person on my own, Yeah. not only because I think that's when we attract our best mates, but also if those things don't come to fruition, I don't want to feel like yeah. I wasn't able to fully live my life. And then I would experience the same levels of joy being able to move through this world without a husband or without kids or whatever that may look like. I just want to be happy on my own. That's what I'm working on right now. And for me, I guess what that translates into is just being and knowing in my heart that I am worthy, like you're enough for yourself. I think for me is the only thing that I'm really trying to accomplish. I love that. I think that was a perfect answer and I'm glad you didn't roll your eyes at me. (laughs) Okay. Black history month. I know this month means just as much to you as it means to me. I've learned so much from you this year alone as it relates to Black history and celebrating our Blackness. So I'm super excited to dive into this next segment with you for that reason alone. So the first question, when you hear Black History Month, what does it mean to you? What feelings are evoked? First of all, and coming of Cameroonian descent, Yeah. Even speaking about the power that exists amongst Black people in the U.S., descendants of slaves in the U.S. and across the continents is just how much power exists amongst Black people. And it's unfortunate that we only spend one month to really celebrate this and that honestly, even in our educational system, we don't emphasize what Black people have done for this country and what they continue to do for this country. I wish all Black people could look back at all of our ancestors and see the very clear example that, you know, we just have an incredible power about us and really leverage that energy from the ancestors to really move forward and do whatever it is that we want. 
did 2020 play a role at all in how you now view Black History Month as opposed to previously? Yeah, I think it should be Black History Year all <laughs> the time. If they do not just make 2020 the year of Black people slash the rest of eternity, you know, I think we were really on just the brink of a real existential cliff when it comes to the presidential election and to understand and know that it was black people and specifically black women that were able to literally pull us back from that is incredibly powerful. And I think that the United States of America already has an incredible debt to repay to all black people, but now it's just, you know, it's only been increased. It's just incredible. 2020 has upgraded the way that you want to move professionally. What role has being a Black woman played in your career overall? I think it's given me a great sense of duty. The work that I do is not just about myself and that it's about so many others. Again, I just think that it has allowed me to really recognize my own strength and my own power. Black women truly, in the face of so much, we continue to show up in the spaces in various spaces with so much joy. I love it. It's a good time. I would not choose anything differently if I could do it all over again. Fatumata Ba as one of your industry heroes. What I found interesting about her was that she has the same sort of career ideals in relation to propelling African businesses and funneling money back into the community through investing in African development. What specifically is it about Fatimata that you admire as you continue to cultivate your career? I think that she's a big, big dreamer. She is doing exactly what she said she was going to do. And she's investing in these companies herself, but also obviously raising multi-million euro funds to help to support these ideas as well. She's 33 now, I think. So it's incredible to see young Black, African-born woman really just own the industry in such a meaningful way. I mean, she raised 60 million euros for her first major, major fund, and it's just unheard of. How important is that type of representation for you specifically when you and Fatimata share so many parallels? It's so necessary. Like representation really, really just does matter. Mm -hmm. And I'm even so fortunate to know her and be able to interact with her. And so it means that much more. The path has been paved. And so now we know that, okay, well, if the path is there, it's just about widening. And we have this stigma in the U.S. or this idea that Black women are angry or Black women are tough to work with or whatever it may be. And so seeing another representation of a woman that is really maneuvering through her career and ascending very quickly because of her joy and obviously intelligence and ability has just been so good to see. There has to be something said for representation and how it's magical. Absolutely. It really is. And just knowing all of the other spaces that Black women have been able to transcend in and that we have yet to transcend in this idea of being the first that black girls especially can familiarize themselves with that idea and that they should be scared of it and that they should embrace it. 
I'm having so much fun. So I'm actually sad that this is the last little bit before <laughs> I let you go. But this is our booster up segment. And so every guest will get these two questions. And even just in talking to the rest of the boosters, I've been pleasantly surprised with the answers. I've also learned a lot from these answers. So I'm excited to ask you these questions. The first one to start, what has been your career defining moment so far? Not a glamorous one, <laughs> a mess. I almost collapsed in the middle of Grand Central Station after it was several weeks of me preparing for my first board meeting, the times where I stopped drinking water regularly, I would forget to eat, stopped working out completely. And it was after one day I was working through the night and I remember looking up and the sun was coming up and I hadn't even realized that I was working through the night. And that day I went to sleep, slept a little, got up a couple of hours later, randomly decided I was going to go work out. On my way home, I just started to feel really, really ill. I managed barely to make it to the bathroom of the hotel that was right outside of Grand Social Station. Never pushed myself that hard. It's absolutely not worth it to me. And again, your health has to come first. Yeah. It explains also the priority that you put on sleep now. Like mm -hmm. priority didn't come out of thin air. You had an experience. <laughs> yeah, a terrifying experience. And I will never go through that again. That is one thing I know for sure. It is not worth it. The last booster up. What is one thing you wish the younger you knew prior to starting your professional career? I would say, number one, just how incredibly important your network is and how important it is to make sure that you're engaging with your network. I've only recently been introduced to this idea of having a personal CRM, which is essentially, you know, just this, and it doesn't have to be super complicated. It's just creating your own list of people that you accumulate throughout your career and throughout your personal life that you want to keep informed. And this can serve you in professional reasons, but also on personal reasons, you know, creating this list and emailing them once every quarter with a half a page update on what you're working on, what you accomplished throughout the quarter, what your goals are, what you're looking for, what you need help with. And it really allows you to pull from that network in a way that isn't inauthentic. And you never know how just maintaining that connection will, like you said, you never know how it'll manifest itself professionally or personally. That's one that I, we haven't heard yet. So I love that. It's easy. It's so important. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for joining us in the booster club, Yay! <laughs> but you know, I always try to soak up as much from you as I can. So I hope, you know, I appreciate your time. I know our listeners appreciate your time. Are there any final words that you want to leave us with before I give you the rest of your evening back? Just sleep and drink your water. That's it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Booster, featuring Sandrine Zuku in honor of Black History Month. Sandrine will be featured throughout our Instagram, so please head over to our page, at Boost Her Podcast, all one word, to find all the ways you can connect with her. And please tune into next week's episode where we will feature Dr. Charlotte Marshall. Black History Month in the Booster Club just keeps getting better and better. As always, thank you for listening to Booster, 
where we will happily pull up a seat at the table for you as a reminder that while individually we may be great, collectively we are magic.